This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, Spider VPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favourite websites and streams by using Spider VPN. They have some amazing offers right now and have come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. So it's Sunday evening following the goalless draw away against Norwich City for our team, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, at the point of recording this, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we're still seventh in the uh, in the Premier League, even after the uh, the goalless draw at the weekend. And boy, it was a long old weekend. Personally, went down on Friday. Make sure you check out the uh, the match vlog on the channel. Um, it's a full weekend. There's some behind the scenes stuff. A couple of nice restaurants found. Got some uh, interesting Norwich footage and. You know that's probably the highlight of the vlog, really, because there weren't, a, there wasn't the most exciting game as a Wolves fan, um, but it was a big commitment because there's a lot of fans woke up in the Black Country. I was uh, Jack says we're still six, which is great. Uh, woke up in the Black Country um, Saturday morning. Uh, we were already down in Norwich to see already um, a blanket of snow that had covered um, meant much of the black country. And that meant that a lot of coaches were cancelled. I know that Cannock Wolves and Telford Wolves coaches were cancelled. I think most of the, uh, the official club uh, coaches managed to get through. But, of course, that would have put a lot of people's day into disruption. Uh, many not being able to uh, get down there. Obviously, it's a four- to five-hour journey anyway. Uh, in the best of times, with a, with with or without a stop, depending on the traffic, and um, there's many that, uh, as I say, probably were unable to go. But it was a massive, big effort from the uh, the Wolf Pack to get down there in their, you know, hundreds and thousands to Norwich on what was a bleak, bleak day, and then the performance to follow it. We was hoping was going to be something, and I'm going to leave it to the guys to talk it through on their day and um, let's just see we've got in the uh, in the chat at the moment we've got uh, Maxi, Red Fox, Theo Shark has come over from Instagram, Carl, Katie, Joe, Terry, Ian, uh, Dinny Outdoors, Dinny come on the channel man just drop a link and I'll send you the link come on, Ian Darby, Adrian, Wolves F1, Sarah's here, 
Uh, Emma's here, Stephen Blakeway, Ian Darby as well. So we're going to get, first of all, onto the channel. We're going to bring on friend of the show, Jack. Hi, Dave. How are you? Now, as far as I'm aware, you managed to get down yesterday. We did, yeah. Yeah, we, we were lucky because we'd already uh, decided we were going to stop over. So we went in the car instead of the coach this time, which was just as well. Uh, I woke up at six in the morning. It was raining. I thought, oh, OK. Went in the shower, got ready to go. Seven o'clock, white over, loads of snow. We thought, oh, here we go. But we managed to get through. I mean, it was, it was probably worse in the black country. Once we got to the other side of Birmingham, it was a little bit easier. And then we got, got to Norwich in time. We were there just after 12, I think, so. Not too bad, really. But, uh, yeah. No, absolutely, mate. Did you say you stopped over? Yeah, we stayed over uh, last night, yeah, and came back today. Saturday night? Yeah, Did you Saturday paint the town red? Absolutely, yeah. We had some of the arm fans in all the pubs as well, so that was Did it. You, get, you didn't play, go into Pop World, did you? Yeah. Did you go into so, Pop World? That's all Pop World? Yeah, we saw Pop World, yeah. They, it, we got there at three o'clock. It was closing at four, and I still wanted a tenner to go in, so we said, no chance. Are you kidding so, me? Yeah. I know. So, yeah. so, Jack, tell me, before we get on to the game... Tell me your evening, uh, how, it, how it panned out after the match. Uh, we found a nice pub, I think, called the St Andrews Brewhouse, which was nice. And we, yeah. we were a bit wary about St Andrews because of the Birmingham connection, but it was okay, actually. And uh, had a nice couple of pints after that, then went for a nice Indian and then a few pubs after that. Yeah, so it was quite nice. And then uh, we were back to the hotel by about three. So Did yeah. you stay in the Travel Lodge or the Premier Inn? Yeah, Premier Inn, yeah, Premier Inn. That's where yeah. that's where we stayed the Premier Inn because it literally is really really close to. I, I class the uh, that that strip, and I, I talk about it in my vlog. It's a bit like the the, the Norwich version of Broad Street, isn't it? That I think it strip. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take takeaway club, takeaway club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots to lots to be done in those. It's a nice city to be fair. Very nice. Yeah, so, and yeah. it's blooming cold though, weren't it? I mean, what did it's you make of the uh, the actual? game itself i mean how what what time did you get to the stadium uh we we found a nice uh probably coaching horses just around the corner so we were there till just after two and then the team came out and that's kind of our cue normally as a group when when you get the line up through to, to obviously head to the stadium so we were in the ground for quarter past 20 past two so yeah so we were there a good few hours for the game so yeah it was and good. whereabouts were you stationed in the uh in the ground Oh, um, we were about. Uh, I was nine nine rows from the from the the front, so we we're getting a little bit wet with the the spray from the. the Mate, the I was two rain. rows from the front. Can you imagine? Yeah. It's not it great, was, is it? It, it kind of was funny because there was periods in the game where it was dry, and then it would be throwing it down. Yeah, it was it was bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, the weather was was atrocious all, all day, really, wasn't it? And it didn't help didn't help the game at all. Really, Do you think the, uh, the the conditions affected us? I think they affected psychologically, everyone, they? psychologically, psycho, psychology of the players. Possibly, possibly. I mean, I think we kind of the, the the players we've got the level that they play at, they should be able to adapt to different weather conditions. But it is it is difficult. You know, we saw today, didn't we, with some of the games with the snow? I mean, the Manchester City game was on earlier, and it was there's a big snowstorm, wasn't there? And it was affecting the way the ball moved and the way the players could could keep their footing and things. So it does does have an impact when when the weather's kind of as bad as it is. And we were playing a, a Norwich team that had uh, got a bit more, bit of confidence and a bit of belief back into them. Obviously, they'd won the previous two games under two different managers. Dean Smith, probably a good fit for them. They came out the blocks really well, Norwich, I thought, for the first five minutes. But then for about a 25 to 30 minute period, I thought Wolves controlled the game. Yeah, I thought we did. I mean, I think... Sometimes we forget, don't we, as fans, that there's two teams playing and we tend to focus purely on, on Wolves. But actually, I think Norwich played really well. And I think they, they're, 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 the way that they set up, whether Dean Smith had kind of learnt from when we played Villa a few weeks ago, but he kind of managed to stifle us, didn't he? I mean, we had a lot of possession. I think, was it 56, 57% possession? Well, in the first half, I think it was over 60% possession. Yeah. First half, it did come down to about overall 56 possession, but we were quite, I think, mid-60s in the first half. Yeah. And we only literally had one shot. Yeah, which is which is a sign of a team that have obviously worked out tactically how to stop you, isn't it? And sometimes that's what happens. It happened in the last game at Palace, didn't it? They had a good game and stopped us playing and, and got the result and, and Norwich did the do same. You know, do you know what, Jack? It felt very similar to Palace at half time. You were pro I know we talked about the Palace game where you were saying this is 
for the taking in the second half. And I felt like that at half time, if we step up, we win the game. And then the first 60 seconds, I think it was a cross. It's the inside of the post, doesn't it? And that was probably the highlight of the entire second half for us after that, because it seemed like there was only one team that was going to win it in the second half. And that was Norwich. Yeah, it was a, it was a strange one, wasn't it? I mean, like we said, when you, when you're away from home, if you're near on it at halftime, you've kind of done, done your job, haven't you? You've quieted the crowd. You've kind of got yourself a foothold in the game. Even if you've not played brilliantly, you've got that foothold. And then it gives you that opportunity then to, with your tactics and your approach, to be a little bit more brave and a little bit more dynamic. And particularly when a team like Norwich are pressing you all over the pitch, 70 minutes, 75 minutes, they will start to tire. And that's when you can kind of really take over. But again, like at Palace, it didn't happen. It, the only difference really was that Norwich didn't take the chances that they had. I mean, if they had well, if they had a top level striker, they'd have probably won the game, wouldn't they? If we're being well, really honest. Yeah, absolutely. Wayne Mickle, uh, Mickey makes a really good point. Wolves seem to need to improve the away performances. Very poor and seem negative at home. They play on the front foot. It's it does seem, you know, fair comment because if you even think back to the Villa game for the first eighty minutes, the Leeds games, especially second half, the Crystal Palace game, the whole match. And then Norwich, more so second half again. Um, the, the performances, we, we haven't controlled any of those games. I mean, we, we literally had a 10-minute spell at Villa where we just knocked the stuffing out of them with, the, with, the, with the, uh, the, the one goal we scored and then they panicked and fell apart. Um, Leeds, it was coming and we nearly hung on. Crystal Palace... Well, we never had a grip on the game, and it felt very similar that again against Norwich. It seems, but then at home, we've won three on the bounce for the first time since 1980 and played really, really well. It's 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 like chalk and cheese. What do you put it down to? I, th- I think there's there's an element of tactical, isn't there? I think Bruno it seems to be when we're at home, he wants us to control the tempo, control almost control the storyline of the game, if you like, and kind of be the team that are making the key moments, the key incidents in our favour. Whereas when we're away from home, we, we kind of let the opposition do that and we're kind of happy for them to control the ball, control the tempo. Even if we've got more possession, the, the, the dynamic of the game is kind of in their hands, isn't it? And whether that's, like we said, a tactical thing and that's what Bruno wants to happen. And then, like we said, when it gets to that 70-minute mark and the opposition are tiring, then you kind of take your chance. Because, I mean, like you said, the Villa game, we took over from the 80th minute, didn't we? You know, Watford was Money the same right at the start. On. Yeah, Watford, we were nil-nil at 80 minutes, was it? And then we got the two late goals and, and won that one. Leicester, when we lost on the opening day, we were getting stronger and stronger and stronger as the game went on. I think if there'd have been another five minutes in that game, we'd have got something from that. So whether it, like I say, it's a tactical thing and it's his approach in terms of we just let the opposition do what they've got to do and then we'll... It's a bit like rope a in boxing, isn't it? You kind of let the opposition punch themselves out and then you finish them off towards the end but you've got to be able to be brave on the ball and then take the initiative when you get it because there were opportunities in the second half for us to get a foothold and we didn't take them there were points where their defense were giving the ball to us and the goalkeeper kept kicking it straight out of play or straight to one of our players and we just didn't really take advantage at all we didn't uh to be fair he brought den donker on didn't he he brought on triori what did you think of uh, how he made the substitutions well, I mean, when you look at the bench, that was probably all he could do, really. And there's only Fabio, isn't there, and Herver that are really other options. So it, we're restricted in terms of the squad. I mean, obviously, Pedence was a big blow losing him, wasn't it? And uh, we've still got a lot of injuries and people to come back. But I think Traore came on, didn't he? I think the fans were sort of singing for him, weren't they, from, from half-time onwards, really. Yeah, and inevitable. He didn't do a lot, did he? But again, there seemed to be a straight... He, he brought him on and then he was through the middle for the first five minutes. Then he went, Samedo came off and he went to right wing back. Then Herver came on and he pushed him further forward. It's It's got to be difficult for Traore in that 25, 30 minute cameo to, to, when he's asked to be played three separate positions. Personally, really I, personally, I was, I, I, I put Traore in my team before the start of the match. I thought it was a game set up for him. It's a very slippy pitch. Um, rain, he's got a lot of pace. You know, him running at people, getting him into the game and then being able to stay on their feet. He's either going to get past them, create carnage or get the fouls. And 
Trincao came. I don't know. I, I mean, the, the, to me, there is, seems to be. I don't know whether Bruno is punishing Traore because he's not signed his contract. But it seems everyone else seems to start in front of him at the moment. Trinko came in and he was like Mr. Cellophane. He was hardly in the game. He 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 just he was a lot. I mean, he's a good player, but he and I've I've logged a lot of what I've seen early season. Whether or not he's not much shot, but he was just a liability on the pitch. Trinko for me, he's, str- I, he's I struggling. He's yeah. struggling with the physicality, isn't he, Trinko? He, he got bullied at Palace, didn't he? And, he? and he was similar yesterday again. There was a couple of times early on when. I think they just shoulder charged him almost off the pitch, didn't they? And he kind of went into his shell again. And we've talked, haven't we, before about Trinko going into his shell when he misses a big chance or he loses loses a 50-50 and it happened again yesterday. I mean, I think personally, my my theory would be, I think starting Trinko and bringing Traore on is a better move than starting Traore and then bringing Trinko on. I think Traore yeah. has more potential as a, as a substitute to, to alter the narrative of the game, if you like. Whereas Trincho probably isn't that kind of player, is he? Because he's someone that kind of needs to be in the flow of the game. Whereas Traore, like we've said time and time again, he can come on and do something out of absolutely nothing. So whether Bruno's thinking, well, actually, if there's one player I want on the bench, it's Traore, which means, unfortunately, he's not going to start. I mean, I know people are sort of saying about he's not he's not going to sign his contract, we're going to sell him, this, that and the other. It's all speculation, isn't it? And it's not, we, we, none of us really know, do we? You know, there's only Adama and Bruno and probably his agent and, and maybe Jeff that, that know what's going on. But, I mean, my theory would be purely from a footballing point of view, I think Traore is probably the best substitute we've got, which means, unfortunately, he can't start because he can't start and be a sub. So, that's probably... I, I agree. He's, uh, he's very good at impact. But I think Daniel Pedence has been the best impact player that we've had coming on in games. And to me, Traore, if you're going to bring him on... You don't bring him on as an impact player playing at wing back. No, you don't. Not, no. How's you just got him on the back foot? Norwich, it did it against Palace. It didn't work. Nuno used it. Did it so many times. It's never worked in playing wing back. If you're going to have Triori on the pitch, you need him in the top third where he's because he's, he's always going to like a dribble, and you know he will try and dribble his way out of trouble at the back, and then he lo- often lose the ball, and we. I don't think the service to Raul from... I think someone's made a point here at Jake. Hwang hasn't really shown much either since he scored a few easy goals early season. I wouldn't say they were easy goals. Uh, it's obvious the team is missing Neto. We didn't really create anything for, for, for Raul, did we? The whole match either. No, there, was, there, was, there was a chance early on. I think was it eight Nori put a, a cross in first time and he, he sort of got in front of his marker but put it wide. Yeah, I mean... It was like we said. It was it was a difficult afternoon in terms of the conditions, and I think both teams would probably be not unhappy with a point. I think Norwich will probably feel well if anyone was going to win it, we would have done. So there might, there might be tinged with disappointment on that front. We certainly can't make any uh, complaints about the result. No, but I mean, like we said, Raul was quiet, but he, he never stopped running, and he he made himself available a lot of the time. But the ball just wasn't moving quickly enough. A lot of the time we got the ball out to the wing backs, Samedo and Eight Nori, but then they were pressed, so they had to go back in field or back to one of the back three, and we just couldn't seem to transition into attack quick enough. And, and I think I agree with the person who said Wang was really quiet because I think he didn't even have a shot, did he? I think some, there was a stat on, on social media. I think he's had eight shots all season, and when he scored four of them, which is a great conversion. Yeah, man. but you need more from a front player in terms of. of even if it's creating something out of nothing yourself, you know, getting a loose ball and beating someone and getting a shot away, he, he doesn't do that quite. I mean, I think he's a good player, but I think if we're going to play the three-four-three, those two players that support him well have got to be chipping in more in terms of the attacking. Yeah, and I don't know whether the pitch is a little bit narrower. You know, I don't think it's like Palace and also uh, Norwich. Someone might know the stat for that. Uh, the Wolves pitch is quite wide. Um, and we do tend to do better when we've got the we've got the open spaces to get our players who've got a bit of speed to run into. Maybe that was something to do with it as well. I mean, it was difficult conditions, you have to say that. But I just felt Norwich had so much more energy uh, than Wolves. And the producer made a comment earlier, Emma, 
that um, watched my vlog back and I got like the players coming out and they just didn't seem that fired up before they came out for the game at the right at the beginning. Okay, they did all right in the first half. I don't, and we have got to also bear in mind it's a very thin squad. Bruno said this, we've got a big test coming up. And he had, like you say, we didn't even have a full bench, did we? We had two keepers on the bench. And um, you worry. I mean, Neves is out for the next game, suspended. But just to finish for your segment, Jack, obviously I want to, you to pick out your man of the match. I want you to give a performance rating. And I also want to throw this out to people and to the, the guests that are coming on there. We've got Paul and Matt to follow. Jose Sar, is he an upgrade on Patricio? Well, I'll go in reverse order. So I think Sarri is... I think my phrase would be, I think he's better suited to the Premier League than Rui was. I think Rui was a fantastic goalkeeper and we were very fortunate to have three years of, of having a top-class goalkeeper. But I think what Saar brings in terms of coming for crosses, dominating the box, handling his good distribution is really good. He seems to suit sort of English football. I mean, I, I don't think we'd have kept a clean sheet yesterday with Rui in goal. Because I think certainly the, the Pookie chance second half when he comes out and narrows the angle so quickly that he sort of scuffs his shot straight at him. I think Patricio kind of is still on the line sort of waiting for the shot to come and that gives yeah. the striker much more time to, to sort of pick pick his spot. So I do think Sarah has, has been fantastic for us. I was going to give him man of the match anyway. So, I mean, that kind of answers that one as well. I think he was yeah. probably our, our leading candidate, really. No one else jumps out really, do they? I mean, there were a couple of players, Kilman again, didn't, do a lot wrong, did he? I thought Neves was good in terms of some of the, the creative passing he was trying. Nothing really came of it, but he was he was there trying things. But I'd, I'd say Saar was, was our man of the match by, by a long way, really. Um, match rating, I, I, I'd struggle to give it more than a, a five and a half, really. I mean, I, I think the overall feeling is that it was probably a, a, a hard-earned point. We had to dig in at times and, and, and sort of scrap it out almost. I mean, like I said, I think sometimes just give credit to the opposition and say Norwich, they're the new manager bounce, they're at home. They probably wanted those points, really. We're doing really well in sixth. 20 points after 13 games is, is a really good, solid start. I know Especially we've got after losing the first three matches coming up. But we've done really well. And I think Bruno's kind of... What I like about Bruno, as opposed to what Nuno... Nuno was always one game at a time, next game, one game at a time. Bruno seems to be plotting his way through the season with a little bit more of a long term. Like he said, didn't he, before? He's taking it in segments. Yeah. He said, well, we've got some tough games in December, so I want some points from the next three. And we've got four so far from West Ham, Norwich. And obviously, we've got Burnley to come up as well, haven't we? So I like the fact that he seems to be plotting a course almost through the season rather than just this game, then that's done, then the next one, then the next one. I like that. I, I said hopefully we can get four points out of six against Burnley and Norwich. So we're still on for that. Burnley is going to be a, a tough, tough game. But their game's been dispersed against Tottenham has been called off today because of snow. And I think that means that a couple of their players that were serving a one-match suspension, that now carries over into the Wolves game, doesn't it? Yeah, I think you get into that point in the season. The games are really thick and fast, aren't they? And you get a lot of suspensions. Squad rotation comes in, and, and and you can kind of catch teams on a good day almost sometimes. And you know, it's something we we for some reason never seem to get. Do we always seem to play a team when their key players back, or you know, something like that? But hopefully, with like you said, with Burnley, they've got a couple of really important players that are going to miss the game Wednesday rather than the game today. So whether that falls in our favour, it's up to us to make make the advantage count, isn't it? Really, it's, it's in our hands. Absolutely, Jack. And Jack, um, the, I say that for everyone, there won't be an extra time for the Burnley game because the Liverpool, but there will be one for the uh, for the Burnley and Liverpool. It'd be good to have you back on for that to uh, for you to assess how those two games went. Jack, thanks for coming yeah, no on problem. tonight, mate. No worries. See you later, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. As always, some fantastic points from Jack. He says it how he sees it exactly all the time, and he always makes some really, really good points. And uh, he pretty much goes home and away. Someone else that uh, pretty much goes home in a way that we did have a little chat before the uh, before the game. Hello, Paul. You're becoming a fixture on extra time. Hi, Dave. Hi, everyone. Yeah, you get me on most weeks now, don't you? But I enjoy it. It's good to have someone to chat to about the game and also to listen to the other guests. 
Absolutely. And I thought Jack made some good points. Yeah, he always talks sense. I think he's very level-headed in the way that he views the game and he doesn't try and be um, sensationalist or anything like that. He just calls it in a logical way. And tell us about your day in Norwich and uh, how it all started from when your eyes opened on that morning. Yeah, we were getting a bit of stick um, from different people for still going because where I was in Wolverhampton, it was quite bad. Was but it? once we kind of got further east, it turned from being icy and snowy into just really wet and windy. So it wasn't ideal conditions, but I think it was still safe for us to travel. Yeah, and you made it down, didn't you? I mean, uh, with about an hour and a half to spare in the end? Yeah, decent journey. We always leave plenty of time and take some food with us so we don't have to worry about that as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, as much as Norwich is quite a nice city, I won't be too disappointed if they do go down because it's a hell of a journey. Mate, tell me about it. I mean, like I say, we went down on the Friday and uh, woke up to all the uh, the snow and you know, Cannock Walls, Telford Walls, Canton, the coaches and thinking, you know, if you're going to be on one of them coaches, if you, how are you going to get there? You, some people have got a car, maybe there's a few car shares, but like a lot of people wouldn't have been able to have made that journey because it's not like a three o'clock kickoff with two hours travelling time. It's four at four to five hours travelling time, depending on the traffic and the weather conditions. Yeah, I mean, we're staying over for Newcastle um, and I think... Are you going up the day before? before? Yeah, if I could do it, if I could afford it, I'd I'd do it more often. But I'm planning on staying on the Saturday night in Newcastle. But a couple of times they've moved it to a Sunday. But that's not too much of a bad thing anyway, because you can enjoy the Saturday night and then go to the game the next day. Yeah, we tend to do it the other way around. Go up on the front, on the night before and then come yeah. back. Um, but well, I think we've, we've got two nights. Yeah, it's because it is a bit of a long gold... Uh, Old way on. Actually, one of my sponsors, um, Spider VPN, um, the guy, they're all Newcastle fans, actually, Geordies, and uh, they obviously uh, power the Extra Time show, and they're going to be taking us out of the uh, the evening round Newcastle. So that's going to be something to look forward to. I have to try and tag you in onto that, Paul. That'd be quite fun, I would imagine. Keep looking in the forward to it. <laughs> Um, but they're another team that might not be in the. We might not be yeah. travelling to next year. To be honest, thirteen games, and they still they can't win. They, you know who Newcastle's next two matches are? Norwich is one, but I don't know the one after that. Norwich and Burnley at home. If they don't get anything out of that, can you imagine? Yeah. They're going to be in trouble. Anyway, talking about us and and the game, you made that journey along with many others. A massive effort from the Wolves Wolves uh, fans. And then the game itself didn't... I, I wouldn't say that the players didn't show commitment, but um, it was a bit of, it was a bit disappointing, wasn't it? I think disappointing is a fair summary. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm grateful for the clean sheet because that's back-to-back -back clean sheets now. And generally, we are looking pretty solid. So I think if you have that, you only need to score one goal to win the game. So... I think that's very good. And obviously, I'm very pleased with where we are in the league table. Are we still six? Um, United got a point, didn't they? But so did we. So they haven't overtaken us. So, and yeah, I believe, I believe we are, yeah. Um, I mean, we're a third of the way through the season now and we're in sixth place, which is a fantastic achievement. But when you say disappointed, I think that's, I think that's a fair thing to say because we caused Norwich so few problems going forwards and I could kind of understand the more pragmatic outlook if you're playing a Man City, a Chelsea away and I understand Norwich have got a bit of a new manager bounce and they've had back-to-back -back wins but I felt we could have got at them a lot more than what we did and that's why I'm a little bit disappointed. I mean if we'd have gone away with a draw and the keepers made loads of great saves or we've missed a couple of chances Fair enough, but the chances weren't there to be missed, really. No, there were. There wasn't. We didn't. We, I mean, um, I think we had more possession. I think it was something like fifteen shots to something like four or five shots or something. I think it was. Um, yeah, I think it was five. I think we only had one shot on target in the whole yeah. game. 
Yeah, which was very disappointing. And it felt a lot like the Leeds game in the second half. It was almost felt like an inevitability that Norwich were going to score. And they did have two or three guilt yeah. opportunities to finish, finish it. Saw made one save. Puki couldn't quite get the end of that one cross in about the 80, 88th minute. His, his, toe, his, his toe got got it, but it just went wide. Yeah. Um, but he ain't very big. I think if he'd have been a bit taller, he might have been able to stretch his leg and at least got that shot on target. But we, at the end of the day, it's an away point. It's still a point yeah. away from home against a Norwich team that have got a bit more confidence, a bit more organisation, a bit more belief. They've got the fans believing. I talked to quite a few Norwich fans after the game in at Costa, and that's the, the thing that they said, that with under Farker, they were just tippy-tattooing the ball around. Whereas now they're a lot more up and at them, more energy, moving the ball quicker, getting the ball forward rather than, you know, waiting for, for their pocket to be picked and punished. And yes. the, because the, the, the team have got a couple of results, it's given the fans a lift. And you could see that in the stadium. They were believing that they could get that winner. But So you have to still come out of it and say it's been a, a horrible trip. It was nasty, horrible weather. We were probably second best overall, but we've still come away with the point. Yeah. I mean, it was never going to be an easy fixture anyway, because even if they'd got no wins, you'd always be fearful that this was going to be their first win. But yeah. we're being tantalised with some great attacking football in some of the home matches. We created some good chances against West Ham. We played Everton off the park, especially in the first half. Um, and we're being tantalised with that in the home games. But away... I'm not seeing any purpose when we've got the ball. We seem happy to keep it and not really try and hurt the opposition. And that's the frustrating thing, isn't it? Just to look at the times that uh, the ball got out to the wing backs. Um, Eight Norrie lots of times got the ball in space and then wasn't able to deliver a cross or check back. And we were back into midfield again, looking to like for the uh, for that pinpoint pass. Uh, I think I tell you we did, we miss Pedence. Yeah, big time. it would link things together nicely because he he's got that way of popping up in the middle of the park or threading a pass and doing a little bit of trickery and opening something up that I don't think anyone else in the team does. He when he's on form, he's he's like I said it before, he's like that little Hazard type of player that gets into pockets yeah. and can make something happen out of absolutely nothing and. We didn't seem to have a plan B. The plan B was Triori coming on, which to me, I thought he should have come on at half-time. He'd left it too late again. It wasn't working with Trinko in the first half. I, I know it's brave for a manager to go out. They say, OK, go out, sec go out, you know, prove me wrong. But I think the changes should have been made at the second half. He brought Den Donker on and we never seemed to get any fluidity going. I, I, guess I was so frustrated myself that he didn't bring him on a half time and when he did bring him on he was pushed back to wing back again and I'm like that's not where you want to see him is Triori is his head gone what do you think we can only speculate about that but what I will say is his body language and the other subs who were in inverted commas warming up on the side was terrible they were just stood there looking so forlorn as if like they didn't want to come on and um I thought that was really um, noticeable actually, like looking across the pitch. But yeah, I'd have had him on at half time. And to be honest, I'd have had him on from the start. And I think, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I know Jack mentioned not necessarily Trinko. having a plan B. I think Bruno wants to set his team up. You there? Yeah, sorry, it's gone a bit funny. I, I was just saying, um, you said about not having a plan B. Bruno seems to want to play this way where you play through the lines and you link together. And sometimes you're going to get stifled doing that. So I think you've got to have another way to score a goal. And I think sometimes we can be a bit more direct. Um, you've got yesterday Gibson and Hanley playing centre-back. They're not, they're not quick. They're not especially good centre-backs for a Premier League standard. And they've had a really easy match because we've not got at them enough. And I think sometimes, um, especially when we won the ball, you didn't see us like spring into action to really go at them. It was like, okay, we'll just keep it. And yeah, I, I, I missed that. 
that that that's what I'm sort of something that there was there didn't seem to be enough energy. I can't I, I, I can't fault the commitment because I think they always commit. I think you've got a very very good point that the the substitutes substitutes didn't fancy coming on in those conditions and they didn't they weren't up for it. It wasn't very nice. Um, and Triori when he came on, he was he was a frustrated figure. Um, and if I was Triori, I'd be really frustrated at the moment anyway because it's like if you're going to play him, I don't. I, Wing back's not his position, and it's it sort of I, I I can't get my head around what it was thinking. I mean, I think we have to take a step back and then go with six, and we see some of the football like you say we played at home, but why can't we produce that away from? Would home? you have seen that performance yesterday if the match was at our ground? Not a chance. I don't think so. I don't. But and I mean, you could look at the psychology of it, and there is some evidence that says you know you do get a slight advantage from playing at home. But I think it's all about mindset. And um, I think if you set up to try and get at them, then it will follow through like that. So, yeah, I don't. I think you don't have to be governed by the fact that it's an away match. Get after them. Oh, okay, definitely. And when the fans were singing, get into them and, and stuff like that, they just wanted to see some grit. Um, you know, let, let's, take, let's, let's just take a step back, Paul. Give me some positives from yesterday. Come on. Um, Jack's talked about Saar already and echo his comments. Um, I thought Cody was really important in the second half. He made a lot of um, interceptions of crosses and dealt with them in a very calm way. Um, Matinho was quietly effective. He didn't give the ball away, I don't think, all afternoon. No. I mean, he didn't, he didn't hurt the opposition, but... Um, he was tidy. He, he was very tidy in possession and sometimes that's like an underrated skill. You know, to be able to do that, I thought Jimenez worked tirelessly up up front. Um, the service that he got was poor, but you couldn't fault his his pressing, no. his movement. Um, I thought Aitnuri did okay again. You know, I thought if a goal was going to come for us, it was probably going to come from him getting forward down yeah. that left hand side. And as I said earlier, it's another clean sheet, and there's only. Um, Chelsea and Liverpool that have kept more clean sheets than us away from home this season. So I know that I've come across a bit um, frustrated and disappointed, but like I said at the start of our chat, there's a lot of things that are being done well and that I'm pleased about. But when you get dangled that carrot of that great home performance three in a, in a row, and then it's not backed up away from home for, I think, five games now, yeah, it just leaves you scratching your head a bit. I think that's the that's the thing. It's not a one-off, is it? It's a trend now. The away match. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the uh, and that's the the thing. Whereas the home forms turned around. We did have a struggle with that, and then that seems to be the, the, the thingy. But like we've got Burnley on Wednesday. You know, really, we've got to take that by the scruff of the neck and get three points because the fixtures after that are going to be so so difficult. But if we can win. The game against Burnley, you can go into the match at Liv against Liverpool. It's kind of a nothing to lose game, really, because you can have a proper go, give them a game, you know. And we've Wolves time and time again. You've seen us, you know, perform against the really, really top sides. Like I mean, like West Ham. We were all going into West Ham last week thinking mm, we get a point out of this. Played them off the park. Uh, form team. And then you go into a game like, you know, Norwich and, dare I say, Burnley, expecting that we can go in, perform well and and win the game. And, and it often turns out on its head when it's a wolf, when it's wolves. Yeah. All I expect from those games against these top three teams is that we compete. I certainly don't expect to be taking lots of points, but I know that we can cause some problems. Uh, because we've seen evidence of it in the past. So I expect us to compete. And I think if you get any points, really, it's probably a bonus, isn't it, From especially from those three. But, I mean, we've got Brighton away. You know, that's a, a ground where we've struggled to win. Both as well. Brighton. Massively, like Huddersfield. And um, straight after Christmas, um, to Watford at home and Arsenal away. So naturally, people will be targeting that Watford game. But you've seen them cause problems to Man United and, and Everton this season. So, 
Well, under Six Ranieri, they're going to be they're going to be an interesting package. I think Leicester beat them four two today, didn't they? Um, I think not sure on the other result. I know United and Chelsea drew. Um, I'm not sure on the other results. I, I did look them up, but uh, oh yeah, Brentford beat Everton, didn't they? Yeah, Everton have taken two points out of twenty one now. So uh, now they're in. The, I think they're all Benitez the is going to be feeling the pressure a bit. Big time, and uh, all the uh, all them uh, Everton fans that don't like him for managing Liverpool, they're all going to come out the uh, the woodwork. Very, very um, probably already are. Um, so just on the on Saar, do you think Saar's an upgrade on Rui? So early to say, I mean, I don't think we have to keep judging him against Patricio. I think we can just always say that Patricio did a lot of really good things for us and he's obviously an international standard goalkeeper. And I think um, if Saar keeps playing like he does, it's only a matter of time before he he puts Patricio under big pressure for his international spot. But um, yeah, his his shot stopping has been very good. Distribution's been good. Um, he seems to want to come off his line a bit more. So I'm really happy with him um, as a signing. And as I said, I think he's, he'll put pressure on Patricio to be Portugal's number one. I think Jack's mentioned he's very he's probably better suited for Premier League, the way the pace of the game and his distributions. He's always looking to get us on the attack. Quick. Is, yeah, I think that's a good, a fair comment that Jack's made. Right. And um, so then... On, on on that, what are you going to give your performance rating and your man of the match? I can't give it higher than a five um, for performance rating. Um, man of the match has to be Saar. Without him yesterday, we lose that match. Yeah, I think you're absolutely, uh, absolutely right. And what are you expecting from the next two games, Paul, Burnley and Liverpool? Two tough games in different ways. Burnley caused us problems time after time. We always seem to struggle Um, against Burnley. We do, um, both home and away. Um, Especially that atrocious performance at home last season um, when we lost 4-0. Do you think that's going to be in the back of their mind and they want to put that right? They've got a score to settle there, which will hopefully bode as well. I hope so. I mean, we've got a new manager since then, so hopefully he will have a a different approach because Nuno couldn't seem to solve the way to beat Burnley. Maybe Bruno can. So um, it'd be a very, very tough match. But I think it's about time we got one over on them, to be honest. As for Liverpool on on Saturday, obviously I'm not expecting anything in terms of a result. But I do expect us to give them a really good game. We've given them a good game every time we've played them. The only team in the Premier League we've not beat. Home and away, we've given them a really good game. And one thing I think we can get at them is, I know their full-backs are brilliant and they push on, but we've got a couple of good pacey wide players who can exploit those gaps if they leave them. So that's where I'd be looking to try and um, get at Liverpool in the gaps that the full-backs leave. Absolutely. And it's just the sort of game these, you, you, you're just going to lose to Burnley and beat Liverpool be so Wolves. <laughs> I'd probably take three points though from the next two matches. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, you're not expecting anything from Liverpool. So, if, you, if anything you get from that game is going to be, a, if you get a point, is a bonus. And you're hopefully at home against the Burnley team with a couple of players missing. How big a miss do you think it's going to be for Neves? And who's going to, who's, it's obviously, I think Den Donk is going to have to come into that role. I mean, that that's a big miss for us. It's a massive miss, and there's only one player who can come in because that's all we've got. Yeah, you got but, George out. Is he back in training? He's back in training, but he's he wasn't even on the bench, was he, against Norwich? So he's got no chance. So, um, yeah, I mean, personally, I think Neves was told to get booked yesterday. It was. It was a very <laughs> funny. You should say that. It was a very Neves type of yellow card that pulled back. Thingy, yeah. and it was a back. It's 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 deliberate. He knows he's getting out a yellow card, and I don't necessarily think he needed to do it because I think we we got the players to cancel out that time. I think he took the card. I do because what what game do you want him to miss? Burnley, Liverpool, or Man City? Yeah, exactly. So I think right. he took. Uh, I think he, uh, he, the cynical side of us thinks. Mm, 
He's took one there. He misses Burnley. He plays against Liverpool, Man City and all the rest of them because obviously it was his fifth booking. And uh, the way he did it, it was kind of like he knows he's getting a yellow for it. It's an obvious yellow straight yeah. away. Well, let's hope um, you, you expect, obviously, Den Donker and Matinho are going to be, obviously, the two central uh, midfielders for that. Would you make any other changes for Burnley? Absolutely, 100%. Adama Traore has to start against Burnley instead of Trinko. Has to. Yeah, I agree with that. And how long is Pedence going to be out for? Is he, I guess he's going to be missing both the Burnley and the Liverpool game. Yeah, apparently um, Bruno said he found out just before the press conference on Friday. So if he's tested positive on the Friday, he's not going to be making Liverpool either. No, he isn't, is he? Paul, absolutely brilliant, mate. Did we get your man of the match, by the way? Sir. Yeah, Jose Sar. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, will you come on after the Liverpool game to talk about the Burnley and Liverpool? Yeah, happy. Happy to do that, yeah. All being I think well, it will be of the yeah because it's a three. I think it, is it a three o'clock kick in against Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, me and you are going to be getting there early, though, aren't we, to help with the samosa? Oh Saturday. yeah, because we should be saying it's samosa Saturday, so uh, we're helping Manny with his samosas, and we will probably be there from around about eleven-ish sort of time, yeah. and then we'll walk down to the game together, won't we? Um, yeah. You know, to to get before get there before kickoff, so you can come and speak to both me, Paul, and Manny outside the university by the uh, top of the subway and buy a samosa, uh, help raise money for dementia on Saturday. Samosa Saturday thirteen happening. I did speak to Manny actually before this, and he's actually lying in bed since he's got back from his trip to India with tough ache. And he's got the dentist. The dentist tomorrow. He's been struggling for the last couple of days, so he uh, he would have come on and um, himself because he watched the game yesterday. Didn't go, but uh, hopefully he'll be uh, up and running because he's got a big week coming up with the uh, Samosa Saturday thirteen as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd I encourage also... people, people hopefully that that tune in and listen to this, come along and and say hello. It'd be nice to to meet some of you in person, and obviously if you. Buy so some if, you bring, and... if you bring a wolf shirt, he can sign some shirts for you. Like you've got a good Diego Jota signature, ain't you, mate? Yeah, it'd be good to meet some some people in uh, in real life, as I say. And I'm hoping to do some baking for it as well. Got a good brand new recipe. So, oh so right, you're multi talented. You not are you, Mister Knowledge? You yeah, bake as well. <laughs> you heard it here first. Paul is auditioning for the next series of uh, the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> I'm not ready for that <laughs> Not yet, but you're working towards it Paul, absolutely brilliant mate And I'll see you obviously Probably probably, probably bump into you on Wednesday If not, I'll see yeah. you on Saturday Yeah, will do, I'll be there for both Alright, cheers mate Yep, yeah, cheers Dave, see you everyone So that's Paul um, Again uh, Always makes good stuff, as Maxi says Good stuff um, Andy Saunders likes the ideas Of the brownies um, the game against Burnley, I reckon it's got to be a 7.45 or 8pm kickoff. Kieran's uh, uh, asking there. Um, and last but not least today, we've got Matt. Hello, Matt. All right, Dave. Uh, the Burnley game, it's half past seven kickoff. Uh, it's a what, so seven? I'll take my uh, family because it's not working properly. All right. But then, plugged in. Here uh, we go, Matt. First, I just want to say... Um, Saturday, I'm going to be buying a samosa off you and Manny. Do you uh, want a samosa? Oh, I'm going to buy one. I love Manny's samosas, mate. Make sure you do, then. That would be uh, get in there early, get your samosas. I mean, secondly, I want to say today, what a kick in the teeth for, for the ladies. I had a game past bounds at the last minute because of a frozen ditch. Uh, that was the FA. Was it the FA Cup match? FA against Cup, Forest. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yesterday I think, as um, all the other ones before me have said, Jazz, I saw man in the match yesterday. If it wasn't for him, we'd have probably lost. And I mean, that decision to bring Troy around at right wing back that was strange, that was very strange. Well, I have to say that because I, I, I can't get my head around why he plays in there, but. We have got a very, very small squad and Bruno is the coach and he knows more than me and we used to 
you know, he's got up to six, so we can't complain too much. But some of the decisions that mainly away from home, I do do wonder about sometimes with with what's going on with Traore. Uh, I mean, did, did, how did you? I guess you watched it on a stream yesterday. Yes, I did. Yeah, and to be honest, Juan guess it was a bit quiet and artist. Um, some of the passes were just strange. Um, I mean, that West Ham game, we, we went attacking. And then that, like Palace away, I mean, obviously I didn't get, but yesterday I noticed we were defensive, just like really defensive. And I seen a stat that said we had five shots at Norwich's goal, which is the fewest I faced so far. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You have to give credit to Norwich with the way they played, but I thought we should have had the quality to be able to work that. I heard heard about all the cartridges that got cancelled yesterday because of the snow and the ice. Well, very much so. There's a lot of people who wasn't able to to come. I mean, give me some positives out the game and uh, give me your thoughts on Jose Sarr. Jose Sarr. The saves he made yesterday were incredible. I mean, that period we had where we were dominating, when we were having about three or four shots in the space of about three or four minutes. Towards the end of the second half, first half, yeah. I mean, I'm going to trust in Bruno, and regardless of what people say, if if a diamond wants to leave, then, well, he's got to win, he's move away. Put it like that. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, the 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 I mean, this is a certain uh, Jamie O'Hara who we all love to hate. He was another one, a big crybaby. And the like, if you remember the bomb squad we used to have, oh, I would do, yes, when we went down to League One. And, um, I mean, from what I've been seeing apparently Luke Kondo could could get a look in on the bench again Wednesday. Maybe. Yeah, well, he was on the bench for, for the weekend and he's close, according to uh, to Bruno. They were talking about the under 23s and they said that there's one one that's close and it is Luke Kondo who's been having a good season. Um, you know, I mean, I have Max... watched him play for the 23s quite a bit. I mean, if people don't watch the 23s, then you should because Luke Kondo is a very good player. What do you like Just about him? Like um, Chem Campbell. Let well. everyone know what position player. he plays and what he brings to the brings to the to the to a team. He's a central midfielder and he's more that uh, when if you remember when Matinho was playing that number ten role, that yeah. sort of role. So I'd yeah, say, I mean he's. I'd say that, he has been doing... that was tacti- that was tactical. Yeah. Now we've got Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Um, and if you were to give um, a man of the match and a performance rating, Matt? Joe, I saw, and I'd say, from what I saw yesterday, six out of ten, I was quite disappointed, as I imagine a lot of the away contingent were disappointed And what yesterday. sort of changes would what changes would you make for Burnley? Again, as Paul said, Troy has got to start, because Trinko... He's not looking com- at all confident or comfortable at the moment. Although Trinko's uh, best performances have come at Molyneux. Yes, I agree. They have. They have. But, I mean, Huang, if we get him for 14 million or 30 million, which it is, that's a, that's a bargain. And then January, as I keep saying to people, we've got a back Bruno. All these doubts, we've got to back him. The board have got to back him, and I hope they do. Well, absolutely. I mean, we'll see what happens in January. I just want to say a bit of a shout out to uh, to Barry Westwood, who's in the comments. Um, he's basically good. He can't get to the Burnley game. He's having, he's having cataract surgery on that day. So I thought we all wish him all the best and lots of love to you, mate. Um, you so say all the best you're... to Barry. All the best. Yeah. To and um, I've got to say, if we take 12 points from the next three or four games, 
from 15 points, then you're looking at solid season. 12 points from the next 15 would be unbelievable, mate, if we managed to get that, because with all the teams we've got I coming mean, up. You look at some of our performances side of the past couple of years, City, United, Arsenal, Tottenham at times, uh, Chelsea. I mean, I'm, rumours are going around that Neto could be back mid-December. However, that Oh, he's not back in training yet, though, is he? Full training next. No. I can't see that. I mean, can't see that. I mean, seeing the pictures of Johnny training as well, that's really heartwarming. Because I do like Johnny Otto. They will be like two new signings come January, to be fair, if they start well, coming Neri, if I think, think Aitneri, his attacking side is brilliant. But his defensive side, he needs to work on it. But it, I, the, I thought he did. I thought he did quite well defensively, and I thought the attack, his attacking side uh, against Norwich, but having been there, he had a, a few opportunities to go past the player, and he didn't seem to do his normal thing. Whereas I thought Samedo, uh, who had a lot of stick, he had a, a solid game. Generally, he was heading the ball out, defending. He, his defensive is getting a bit better. But I can see what you mean. I mean. Both wing backs have have a bit of. I mean, um, people saying that we miss um, we miss Jota. I mean, you look at Jota lately; he's been hit to miss with Liverpool as well, like he was for us in his last season. I agree. Yeah, yeah well, we we'll soon find but... out what. I'm sure he'll, I'm, I would be surprised to see him starting next week, Jota, and wanting to score against us. But we will have Neves back for that. Um, and uh, what are you, what are you thinking for the? Uh, you know, how many points we can get out of Burnley and Liverpool before we finish off tonight, Matt? I'd say Burnley would hope for a win and Liverpool, if we get a draw, I'll be pleased with that. Because, I mean, I've got yeah, a great respect for Jurgen Klopp. I think he's a world-class manager. And, I mean, well, that he Liverpool is. team, he's world-class, that Liverpool team. They're it's going to be a big test. Against. But we've got to focus on Burnley on Wednesday. It's a half past seven kickoff uh, on on Wednesday. So we'll, we'll just to remind everyone there won't be an extra time um, post. Um, unlikely to be a West, an extra time post Burnley because we've got the the Liverpool match. So we will be doing the extra time to talk about both performances, the Burnley and the Liverpool game. And don't forget, it is Samosa Saturday. Uh, raising money for Dementia UK on Saturday. Manny and uh, myself, Paul, will all be there helping. So get yourself down, get yourself a, a nice warm samosa um, and spend a bit of money and help raise some money for a, a fantastic cause. And I just want just... to say as well, one final point, some Nelson Samada as well. Now, I believe he's a very good win-back. All his doubters, just hold off the criticism and back the team. Give him a chance. He's been here a short few months. But he, he, he has he has got some improving to do as a, the whole team, like you said. We've got a thin squad and it's going to be very difficult for us. As Carl says, take it one game at a time. Also, just want to mention uh, Jason Guy, who's done a lot of uh, fundraising in the last couple of weeks uh, for breast cancer and a lot of other charities as well. It's been a great show. Again, thanks for everyone for joining us uh, tonight, uh, obviously not the result we wanted, uh, not the performance, but we did get a point. Burnley on Wednesday. If you've not already done so, please check out my match vlog. I put a lot of effort to putting that together. I appreciate you watching it, smashing a like, and please hit the like on these videos as well. If you're brand new, please consider subscribing. And if you're watching it back or watching it live, we do wish you and your families all the best wherever you are in the world. And of course, you can also listen to this back on the Always Walls podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or all podcast nearly got that out. Podcast providers uh, <laughs> from Monday, from myself and Matt, uh, Paul and Jack. All the best. Always. Always Wolves. It's the 90th minute. 
all your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.